You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. What I'm going to talk about this morning is a message called Exit Out to Enter In. And I really feel um, that God is doing something new in the heart of our church. He's obviously doing something new worldwide, but specifically for us as a body of people. And we've been in a very fast-tracked season of change, haven't we? Globally, but particularly even as a church. And we're moving out from what once was into what is now and then into what will be. And I don't yet know what that is, but I know God does, and I'm just following him because I know when God's in it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting. Amen? You don't sound very excited, church. Many have been saying it's a time of resetting, a time of rethinking, especially a time of reminding ourselves just what is important in life, a time where we've been questioning our priorities and putting them back into focus, in the right focus. A great reminder, I believe it's been, of our humanity and God's sovereignty. A great reminder that God is big and we are not. (laughs) A great reminder that we serve a God that is the creator of the universe. He's almighty God. He hasn't changed. He's still the same as he was yesterday, today and in our future. And he has the master plan. He has the ultimate say. Circumstances don't. COVID doesn't. The enemy doesn't. Our God does. I personally believe it's a fast-forwarding God season. It may not seem to some people that it's fast-forward because you've been stopped in your tracks. But it's definitely a fast-forward in the spirit. I'm very confident of that that God has been working in the background. He hasn't stopped. COVID didn't shut him down. He is moving forward. And I do believe it's just a a, a time where God has definitely got our attention. Globally, everybody's attention has been awakened. And I believe for Christians specifically that God has got our attention because I reckon he's getting us ready for a great Jesus revolution. And you and I are part of that. God needs us. He needs us to be awake. He needs us to be alert. He needs us to be pressing in like we have never done before. He doesn't need us to be retreating. I do believe it's a time to exit out of what was and enter into what God wants us to step into. When we kickstart something, it means to make something start to happen quickly. And my prayer for you and I is that for all of us, we move forward and we see his prevailing power go ahead of us and release in and through us so that he can accomplish what he has set out to do in our nation, in our lives, in our families, in our circumstances. God is in control. Amen. It starts in us, church, and then it spills out. I just so 
I'm so excited about this season. You can feel it. But God is shaking us. God's getting us and our eyes on him. He's wanting to just stoke those embers that maybe have got a little bit cool, maybe gone a little bit dim. And I feel like he's just stoking us up, saying, get ready, church. To have all that God promised us, we need to exit out of what was the good old days, the old ways of thinking. They're gone. They're gone, baby, gone. (laughs) Holding on to what was, in order to enter into the new era, we have to let go of what was. God has the advantage. That's the great news. You know, the enemy has used this season to try and bring a disadvantage but God, God's gazumpting. Is that an Australian word or does everyone know what that is? <laughs> when I said that, a few people looked at me funny in the first service. I'm like, he's taken over. He, he always gazumps the enemy because he's a God of the pushback. And here he's been, I, I always like to go back to what God has spoken over us as a nation, over us as a church over my own life personally. And I've been looking over some words that have been spoken, prophetic promises to you and I as a body of people, to our nation. And what's been spoken to us corporately means that we are all individually involved in that. It's not a Pastor Paul and Marie and team. It's a church, a team of thousands. That's who we are. Kingdom kids on a mission on purpose, in God's season. Romans 12, 5 to 6 talks about the physical body having many parts and how each part has a purpose. Each part is necessary. You can't say to one, oh, well, I don't, you're not important enough. Yes, you are. We're all in this together, to quote somebody in our nation. Romans 12, 5 to 6. So we numerous as we are, are one body in Christ the Messiah, and individually we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on one another, having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them. I love that little phrase. Let us all use them. It says some of prophetic Some have the prophetic gifts, some practical services, some teaching, some encouragers, some providers, some givers, some with a mercy gift. We're all the body and we're all needed. All hands on deck in this room. God's purposes and plans have not shut down over COVID. If anything, they've accelerated behind the scenes. Because what God has predestined will happen. We're the ones that need to reset, perhaps, and change our priorities in order to enter into where God wants to take us. You know, a reset, a crossroad, whatever you want to call it, isn't a stay stagnant. It isn't a stop moving forward. It isn't a slow down, shrink back. It's actually a time to awaken, arise, assess what's going on, ask God and be ready. Be ready to step into what God has us ahead. It's a time to look again, to take a second look and say, God, what 
have you got for me? God, what do you want to say to me? God, what are you doing? God, I want to be ready. Use me, God. That's what we're here for, church. We're not here for ourselves, although God cares about us. We're here for kingdom purpose. It's a reminder to stay tuned into God and press into him like never before for the days ahead, the days that will be purpose-filled and anointed and appointed and ordered by God. One of the words that Michael Maiden, Dr. Michael Maiden spoke over us last year, it was at the leaders' meeting. He talked about this house being a house of breakthrough, a house of miracles. I love that we... Um, celebrated the miracle, but that's just going to be norm in the days ahead. A house where curses, a house of curse breaking, Michael prophesied. I love that. And do you know what? We're all part of that. We're all going to be hands on deck, like I said. And we need to lean in with an awakened heart, alert to God. Psalm 108, 1 to 2 says, Awake, O my soul, with the music of splendor. Arise, my soul, and sing his praises. I will awaken the dawn with my worship, greeting the daybreak with my songs of light. No, it has been a season where it's caused many of us to review who and what we've been living for. A lot of people are like, wow, I've been living for the wrong thing. I got caught up in business. I got caught up. I need to reset my life to what really matters and rekindle those embers. As Pastor Paul has said many, many times over this season, God has got this, therefore God has got us. And God has not, is not done yet. Ephesians 1, I love this declaration and truth. It says, the church you see is not peripheral to the world, the, ro- the, ro- the peripheral, I mean. The world is peripheral to the church. Try and say that six times in a row fast. <laughs> but we have the backing of heaven behind us and kingdom purpose in front of us. I love that. Psalm 108 one says, My heart, O God, is quiet and confident all because of you. That psalm also says that I will awaken the dawn. That means we have to awaken the dawn. We have to look up, take our eyes off our current circumstances and look to God, trust God, lean into God, allow God to lead us forward. And we can confidently do that, knowing that he's already gone before us. He hasn't been shut down. He's got a plan. We're part of the plan. We just need to keep our eyes on him, amen? The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians 3, 13 to 14. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Not through the strength or our own anointing, but through the strength and the anointing of Jesus. We have his backing. 
You know, to enter into something means that you have an admission. You have permission to go into. And God has given us permission. What God has authorised, what God has authorised, we have permission to obtain. We don't have to ask permission, we have it. What God has authorised, and he's authorised us to take back ground from the enemy. He's authorised us to do great things in him. He's authorised us to deliver captives from the enemy. He's authorised us. He's given us the anointing and the authority. We already have it to walk in to the next season. There's a few things I was thinking, well, what is it we need to do, God? What do we need to do personally in our personal lives to enter in, to exit out of the old and enter into the new? And the first thing we need to do is stand up. We have to make a personal decision to get up off the floor. Another thing we need to do is make a personal decision to step forward, make progressive steps forward. And then we need to stretch into, put your hand on the handle and walk through into whatever it is God is calling us into. So how come we're sitting down? Some may be sitting down in the room today And I know what it's like to be doing this. I've done it in the past because you've been knocked down. Maybe through circumstances that were others have caused you, unexpected circumstances, particularly in this whole COVID season. There's a whole shift in the way you once were doing life and now stuff has changed. You may have lost your job. You may have whatever has happened. But there is a decision that we need to make to stand up, to get up again. Maybe you've become fearful, hesitant to believe again. Maybe you've gone out on a limb with faith and believed God for something, whether it's a relationship that's broken down or whatever it is, and, and you got knocked down. And now you, you're just like, oh, I'm not going to believe God again. Maybe you've lost confidence. There's a story in uh, 1 Kings about Elijah. He'd, he'd seen God do incredible things in his life, won victories, and then an unexpected thing came along. The enemy got in his ear and put fear into him, and he retreated. He, he listened to that little nagging voice of fear, the disappointment or whatever it is, and he allowed that to make him retrieve. And you know the thing about God, he allowed Elijah to just sit for a little while. He allowed him to rest, but he said, you can't stay there, Elijah. You've got to get up and go again. You've got to enter out of that position to enter in to the new place I have for you. And it's in 1 Kings 19 one day. You can read it in your own time. But this is what happened. It says in verse 3 that Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Fear entered him. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. But this is a response that came back. An angel, God sent an angel to him. And he said, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up, 
and eat. He didn't say, oh, you poor thing, you're scared down there. He said, you've got to get up. You can't stay there. You're listening to the enemy. Get up. Sometimes God has to speak to us like that. You're listening to the wrong person. Don't listen to, what are you listening to? Listen to God. Get up. Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Do you know, God was saying, it's okay, I understand what's happening, but you can't stay there. Sometimes you just got to have a good meal, have some sleep, have some conversations with God, not with your issues, and allow him to strengthen you, get people around you that are going to pour confidence back into you and faith back into you. Get into worship like we got into this morning. Wow, that was faith building. I felt so full of faith after we sang and praised God together. We can all get knocked down by life circumstances at times and be afraid. We can be tired. We can even want to run. Boy, I've wanted to run sometimes. I'm like, I'm out of here, God. Can't handle anymore. That's what he said to God. Or even weary from past victories. We have to be careful when we've been through a great victory that we don't just sit down and let the enemy come along. But God doesn't want us to stay there. We need to stand up again and exit out from the old to enter into the new. You know, just over a year ago, I was, I was walking on the beach with a family, a few of the family members, and our younger son, Daniel, has a beautiful border collie who, I think he's about a year and a half old, something like that. Anyway, we are just walking along, minding our own business, talking, chatting. It was lovely, a beautiful day. And I walked ahead with one, I think it was with my daughter-in-law, and we were chatting, and just walking along. And Daniel had thrown the ball. If you ever known... Uh, seen a border collie on the beach with a ball. They are just so focused and so fast forward and very powerful when they run. And anyway, he ran after the ball and in anticipation of catching the ball and I'm engrossed in this conversation, he came onto the side of me and before I knew it, he knocked me on the ground. Out of the blue, I was like, I didn't know what had happened. I was like, ended up on the ground. I was like, what just happened? What was that? And then I went to get up. And when I went to get up, I couldn't walk because by the time I got back home with Pastor Paul carrying me over his shoulder, which was very embarrassing (laughs) with a lot of people around, my knee was twice the size and I was unexpected. It knocked me over. But then I had to go and get MRIs or whatever you call them to see what the damage was. I had torn an MCL. The ACL was a bit damaged as well and I needed a brace. I needed to do exercise. I needed to be determined to do the hard work so that I could walk again. I needed to make a decision to stand up. And in that standing up, it meant work for me. It meant determination. It meant that I had to make steps forward and eventually now I can go like that. But I couldn't do that before. I couldn't kneel down, which was very frustrating to me because I like to pray that way, but it was so frustrating, but I had to make a decision to stand up. 
I read an, a bit of a story about Oprah Winfrey and I just thought, what an inspiring person she is and an inspira inspiration to so many. It talked about how she was a victim of sexual abuse and was repeatedly molested by her cousin and uncle and a family friend. She later went on to become pregnant at 14 and gave birth to a child who passed away two weeks later. But Oprah persevered going on to finish high school as an honours student, earning a full scholarship to college and working her way up through the ranks of television from a local network anchor in Nashville to, as we know her, an international superstar and creator of her own network. The thing is we can all get knocked down in life. She could have felt justified by sitting down. I could have felt justified by sitting down many times with past experiences. But she made that personal decision to push through, work through the pain and stand up again. Because you are a child of God. You're worth more than sitting down. Don't allow the things that knocked you down keep you down. We have to stand up again, straighten our posture, exit out to enter in. Maybe some are sitting in the room today and you've, you're down by choice. You're down there because of the allure of comfort. It's very alluring, very enticing. Maybe you had some time out. You've been busy in the kingdom before and now you're having some time out. Seem a lot of great men and women with purpose and destiny on their life, call of God on their life and had some time out and never seen them again. Not even in church. I'm like, wow, how did that happen? Got comfortable. Maybe you've allowed cynical to creep in. Wow, we have to be careful of this. For whatever reason, maybe justified to you, but it's got you retreating, backing off, because it's easier not to contribute. It's easier to back off, retreat, instead of believe and contribute. We have to be very careful of that. I've heard a lot of conversations, and we tongue-in-cheek, but really mean it as well, about post-COVID. People that have liked the idea of watching TV at home in their slippers, their cuppa, dressing gown. I quite liked it too, you know. I quite liked on Sunday nights, wow, this is how everybody else lives. We don't have to go to church tonight. We're doing this from home. <laughs> that was kind of nice. But... Kind of nice isn't kingdom purposed. It isn't kingdom focused towards others. It's self-focused. There's a story of a lady called Ruth in the Bible and her mother-in-law, Naomi. She had a husband, Naomi, and a couple of sons, and Ruth was married to one of those sons. And they all died in a short space of time. And it's a story about somebody that chose the uncomfortable over the comfortable and then God came in and made her life amazing. But she could have stayed. Ruth, um, Naomi was telling her to go back to her own people when her husband died, to go to the familiar, to go to the comfortable that she knew that she was raised in and go back there. And Ruth chose, no, I don't want to go back there. I want to choose the uncomfortable and stay here and walk with you. And she obviously had... Feelings to work through, her husband dying, her parents and family in another land. She could have gone back to that, but she chose to leave the old and walk into the new. Comfortable doesn't take us anywhere. That's my point. 
In fact, it makes us stagnant and even slothful it can. Comfortable ends up being our containment. It can seem nice when you've got your dressing gown, your cover, your slippers, your pillow, but it ends up containing us. Ruth took the uncomfortable option and that was the one that led her to open pastures. And God's blessing and favour was not only on her life, it spilled out over to her mother-in-law. What we are prepared to wrestle with in the uncomfortable and get victory in and get God in will actually help release and bless others if we decide we're going to get up. You know, there was a time where I had to face uncomfortable in, in, or comfortable in a, in a bit of an abstract way. I say abstract because I had erected a fence around my heart when my father died at 10 years old. I had erected this fence around it and locked him inside and it became a comfortable place. You know, a place of pain can become your place of comfort. You can get used to it and that's what happened to me. In uh, the memory of my dad, wanting to hold on to the memory of my father, I'd become this, it had become this cosy, familiar place to me where I didn't have to let anyone else in. There was no room for anybody else in my heart because I was tucked away in here. So I didn't have to trust anybody else. I didn't have to love anybody else. I didn't have to let anyone else near me because I was comfortable back here. If I had um, opened the gate, it meant that I was going to have to do work and it was more comfortable to just sit back in my pain until God challenged me, until God stood before me and said, Marie, you need to stand up. I understand that's your dad. I understand that's a painful place. But if you want to move forward, you've got to stand up. Then you've got to make progressive steps forward to walk through the gate. I didn't want to leave my father behind, but I couldn't move forward when I was sitting down and locked away on the inside. Many people are locked away on the inside. You've got to stand up. Make the effort to walk forward and then allow God in. You can't allow ourselves to be allured into the comfortable and take, we've got to take a step forward, exit out of the old to have the new. Some are sitting down today because they don't feel worthy to stand. You know, there's a woman at the well, we probably have all heard that story. If you're new to church, you may not have heard. But she was doing everything she could to avoid people because she was full of shame. She'd been married many times. She was living with somebody at the time that she encountered Jesus. And she had a lot of shame, a lot of hurt. She didn't value who she was. And so she would go and get water when no one else was around. And she had got stuck in her circumstances. A lot of people get stuck. And she thought that she got what she deserved. That was her life. That was her lot in life. She was basically sitting down on the inside. She was ensnared by her past until she encountered Jesus who offered her freedom and a new beginning because that's what he does. You know, if you don't value yourself, you will allow others to devalue you. You have to make a stand. You have to stand up. Say, you are worthy. Then you've got to step forward into it. Say, 
Yes, I'm, I am drawing a line in the sand. This is who God says I am. This is who I am. And I'm going to walk in freedom. Because if you don't address that in your own self, you will view life and live your life out of that place of devalue. I know what that's like. I did that for many years as a young girl until Jesus arrested my heart. In John 4, 4 to 10, it's the story of that woman at the well. And this is what Jesus said to her. He came to, drink, he came to draw water and he said to her, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into the town to buy food and the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He goes on to tell her, you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who's not your husband. And she responds back and said, yeah, you've told the truth. So what he did, he said, I identify with where you are. And then she responded by saying, I own where I am. You know, I had a lot of things happen to me that I didn't ask for when I was young. Things that happened to me, but there were things I did as a result of what happened to me. And I had to own up to them. When I was confronted with Jesus, do you want to get up? I had to say, yeah, I, I am, I'm sorry for what I have done. Face it, own it, but then accept his forgiveness. Get up off the floor, take steps and walk into that freedom. Only you and I can do that. We've all made mistakes along our journey. You can say, you don't understand. It's like, yes, I do. I made plenty of mistakes. And we all have. Nobody is exempt from that. But we can't allow our mistakes to define who we are in God. God does not want to leave us in our mess. He gives us opportunity to face our mess and turn it into a message, a message of hope, a message of freedom. And if you don't stand up, a lot of people are going to stay in bondage because God has an assignment for you, people for you to speak into and say, look what God did for me. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. He wants to meet us. Help us up, heal our hearts. You know, God never wastes a mess. You may just think, my whole life's a mess. Well, God never wastes that. God will use it. He will. Yes, what happened did happen. You can't change that. But you can walk into a new beginning. We all get that opportunity. In Galatians 5.1, it says, In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held and snared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. You know, a victim mentality will cause you to live a life of bondage and retreat and that's not what God wants for his kids. Don't allow past regret to define you or hold you back. You have to stretch into that place. Make the personal decision that you're going to get up you're going to take some steps and you're going to walk in. You're worth it. You're worthy of God's love. Each and every one of us are. So don't allow that to stop you. And finally, yeah, there's a story I'm going to ask the team to come back. A story in John about a crippled man who lay by a pool. For 38 years, this man had been laying there. And he could fit all three of those categories we just talked about. Yes, maybe life did throw him some hard blows. 
Can't deny that. This is what happened to him in life. In fact, he was, he was down on the ground because he was crippled. And he was waiting by the pool 38 years for someone to put him in this water where people are being healed. The living water that we all know about. He lay on the ground because he was crippled. But after a while, his condition became his identity. I know a lot of people whose condition, whatever that is, has become their enemy. Well, I was abused. I am an orphan. I am whatever. This happened to me. That happened to me. That's why I'm here. And Jesus addresses that with this man because his condition became his identity and his comfort. And it was easier to stay there and blame everybody else. Because if you read the story, he he said, but everybody else keeps getting in front of me. They got before me. They didn't give me a chance to get in. And it was a victim mentality that had clouded his thinking. So he lay there 38 years. Jesus identified with him, but this is what he says in John 5, 6 to 9 in the message. He asked him, he stretched out, I saw the man stretched out by the pool. And he said, do you want to get well? Now Jesus knew this man had been there all that time. But he asked the man the question. Jesus knows everything we've been through, but he's asking us the question today. He knows where we're at, what category we fit into, what has happened in our life. And he's saying, do you want to get well? The sick man said, sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. Jesus said, get up. He didn't say, you poor thing. You just wallow in your victim mentality down there and listen to your mind, listen to the enemy. He said, no, look at me, get up, listen to me, get up, step forward, stretch into where I am. He identified with him, but he refused to leave him there. And then he said, get up, take your bedroll, start walking. And the man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and he walked off. I love that story. The challenge from Jesus was, do you want to stay there or do you want to walk? Do you want to stay in your place of wherever it is you are today? Or do you want what God has for us, for you, for all of us? I don't want to stay where I've been. I want to go where He is. Walk into the new life out of that victim mentality that has become our comfort. Dr. Tony Evans said this. It's very powerful. It's Priscilla Shira's dad. If anybody has been to Sisters, you'll know who Priscilla is. He says, wherever your bed is, that's where your home is. Think about that. Is your bed rolled up in your arm? Or is your bed still down there? Because wherever your bed is, That's where your home is. He went on to say, thanks to Jesus, this man would no longer be sleeping in a place of despair. It was time to roll up his mat and find a new home. I love that. Let's not sit back and wait, church. Let's not sit back and wait to see what God's going to do now. Let's get up. Let's stand up ourselves. Spiritually speaking, stand up. Stand up on the inside. Step forward and say, God, I'm willing. I want to go where you're going. I want you to get me out of myself so that I can be where you want me to be. Let's give God everything we have because there's so much waiting in our future. 
We need to exit out to enter in. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.